Welcome to Limitless, the Blind Beginnings podcast where seeing things differently inspires limitless possibilities. The Limitless podcast was created in order to inform, educate, entertain, and share stories from within the blind and partially sighted community that show that the opportunities for those who are blind or partially sighted are truly limitless. And now, it is my pleasure to introduce you to your host, the founder of Blind Beginnings, Sean Marcelet. Welcome back to Limitless, the Blind Beginnings podcast. I'm your host, Sean Marcelet, and today we are talking about job searching when you are blind. And with me is my co-host today, Keisha. Welcome back, Keisha. Hello, hello. Hello, how are you doing today? I am doing pretty well. How are you doing today? I'm doing okay too. And I'm just very grateful that I'm not job searching. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to talk about what it's like to be looking for work when you're blind, how to prepare for the job interview, some of the things that we have to consider as folks who can't see. Um, and hopefully this will be interesting to people who are job searching who are blind and maybe to people who might be hiring those of us. So, I thought we could start with when you start looking for jobs. I remember just being on different websites. I don't remember the names of any of them. It's been a long time since I've been looking for work, but reading the the job postings and kind of the things that we have to consider. Mm-hmm. You probably job searched sooner than I or more recently. Yes, thank you. That's the word I was looking for. <laughs> yes, I have job search for recently. Um, yeah, so I mean, a few things that I used to do when job searching would be um, basically, I mean, really paying attention to every avenue of of job of potential jobs. So, like, I used Indeed.com a lot, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and I I think that's a pretty common one that they use to search jobs, and then. I, I mean, I also was going on different, like I would, I would directly target companies. Like I would make like a list of, you know, businesses that I was interested in and I would go to the the career page or whatever and check those out. And, um, there's a few things or like, I was doing a lot of this while I was in university. So I was just paying attention to like where all the, like all the social medias where they're like, hey, we're looking for student employees, da, 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 da. And yeah, looking through the the job posting, kind of making a list, you know, of how I could do each thing and how I could be really good at it. I think that's something that most people do. But then looking at the list too and being like, huh, like, do they need me to, you know, what what visual elements do I need to problem solve for ahead of time? Mm-hmm. I know for me, location was huge. Like, is it on a transit route? Am I going to be able to get there? Is it going to take me two hours on transit to get there? Which actually I did have a job once that took like almost two hours to get there um, on Vancouver Island. Yeah, it was crazy. I had to take three buses and with all the connections and it was a four hour shift and it was minimum wage. <laughs> totally not worth it. Things uh, we do though. Right? Yes, exactly. <laughs> well, that, that was like me too. I, I mean, there's, uh, I remember one time I applied to the mall um, in, uh, in my town where I was living, going to university. And it's like the, that was, a weird transit route the schedule was a little bit funny sometimes you had to like walk across like sketchy parking lots to get to the bus stop 
Mm. which like parking lots are my nemesis i don't know about you yeah they're hard (laughs) wide open cars uh yeah (laughs) no landmarks yeah um but yeah so yeah i I agree i think that trying to find like i I don't know looking up the job location on google maps and being like how close is it to Mm -hmm. us like you know another thing that uh is on a lot of job postings is must have a driver's license. My heart drops every (laughs) (laughs) So I actually applied for some that said that because I was like, well, it depends on the job, right? Like how much moving around do I need to do? And in Vancouver, it is accessible. And so like transit could be an option instead. Like if it's more that you have to get places, that's different than you have to drive people places. So sometimes I would ignore that because I feel like mm-hmm. no one has all the qualities they're looking for. I mean, maybe, maybe a few yeah. people do, but you know, if you well, have most of them. Exactly. And I, I, I agree. I think that in that scenario, like reading the posting, like, and just kind of thinking, well, <laughs> for example, I applied to a dispatcher position ages ago. Mm. where you're sitting doing dispatch in an office cubicle Mm -hmm. and i'm like how much driving do you need to do (laughs) i honestly think that there's certain times where you should really just i apply the same principle when i was applying for scholarships back in university it's like even if you don't fit all the qualifications put an application in there anyway um and if it looks like it's really a shot in the dark you don't have Maybe it's the the one job you don't put like the most effort into the application. Maybe you put more effort into the one that's more likely to get you an interview, right? Mm-hmm. Um, if they're, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it's one thing to ask for a driver's license if you're like a delivery guy, um, but if you're like a dispatcher, yeah, I don't, I don't know. Well, and also, like, as now that I'm on the employer side of things, occasionally hiring you know, sometimes you don't know who else is applying and maybe you have more qualifications than they do. And this is the one area that you're, you don't, but it, you still look better on paper than somebody else who does have a driver's license. So you just never know. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I I don't think you should like bottom line, what we're saying is don't give up just because it says driver's license. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, so Another thing that I found challenging in applications was the formatting of the resume. (laughs) Such a visual process. So terrible. Um, So I don't know about you, like the way I kind of navigated that a lot um, is I would, I would like build a master resume or a couple of different ones. Like I might do like a big job push and then I was, you know, applying for a lot of similar jobs in a certain, you know, in admin or a certain field of jobs that are like, you know, whatever, you know, kitchen related. So the, the resume is going to look a little bit different Then I would have like, you know, three resumes at the ready at any given time. But mm-hmm. I would get like, I actually have a friend who would like format them for me, mm-hmm. um, who would make them look super fancy and nice. And it's not like, I'm sure I could, figure it out like the for like the formatting situation but like I don't know there's it there's just so many you know things you have to do so many steps you have to take and 
And totally. it's also that that first eye catching thing that a lot of employers see apparently. Yeah, that's hard for us. To, I mean, yes, is it possible? Of course, you can figure mm-hmm. out what's bolded and what's underlined and what's indented and all the things. But yeah, <laughs> I would always get somebody to look at it too and then try to just like edit it already formatted, you know, like try really carefully not to Screw change up. anything. Like, okay, I'm just going to delete this word and put in a different one. Hopefully it's still bolded and underlined or whatever. But I was always the worst because it was like, I would, I just always was like, oh my gosh, I've definitely thrown off everything. And then I'd be like sending it to my friend again, like, hey, <laughs> I broke it. Can you I fix it? I broke it. Yeah. <laughs> well, and you're um, also trying to like fit it onto two pages and you don't, you can't have, you know, you, you want sort of to complete the thing on the first page and move on to something else. Like there's just a lot to factor in. So, and also, I mean, I- I mean, this is not really formatting related, but it's it's sometimes I I have a hard time being like because because I, I want to prove my my worth so badly to these employers that I'm mm-hmm. like I don't want to like leave anything out. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah. you have to sometimes, and you have to like filter through and yeah. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Okay, so would you big big question here disclose mm-hmm. that you were blind? in the application, in the cover letter or somehow on your resume? I don't. Um, I never have. Um, I usually have waited until an interview was offered Mm -hmm. um, because I wanted, like, I didn't want any kind of bias, like, about my visual impairment to impede, like, the employer looking at my abilities as a person with, you know, education and skills, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Um, so I personally would wait for the interview. The interview's locked in place, you know, date and time are set. And it's like, hey, just giving you a heads up, I do have a visual impairment. Um, I think at the time when I was applying for most jobs, I was uh, I was a cane user. So, you know, that was that. Um, uh, I guess I've done some job interviews with Bo. Um, but yeah, so it would be like kind of giving them a heads up about that, what to expect when I come into the interview. So they're not like, oh, wow, crazy. And they can't really like renege on the interview. No, they can't. Oh, never mind. <laughs> oh, oh, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> the job's just <laughs> been filled. <laughs> yeah. But like you kind of like, you know, I, I just think that's the way. Like, I, I think like I go in, they've already, they've seen me on paper. They like it. And I, I go in and then they get to know me and, mm-hmm. but at the same time, not surprising them and bombarding them by just showing up and they're like, oh, wow, you're blind. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a good strategy. I usually do disclose. Um, I would put it in my cover letter, but I would, I mean, let's be real. I work in the disability field. It's actually a good thing. <laughs> So, but, you know, even right out of university, I was just looking for any job working with children or working sort of in a social service kind of position. So there were other positions I applied for where it wasn't necessarily relevant, but I would, I always spin it to be a positive, like because of my visual impairment, I've learned how to problem solve and think outside the box. And, um, you know, I have empathy, like all these, I would just find the qualities related to my blindness that I felt would be an asset to the job. Mm. Um, I think, I think early on I didn't disclose and I just showed up to the interview and it was 
it was so uncomfortable mm-hmm. and it was so stressful for me too. Cause it feels like, am I going to try to fake it all the way through or am I going to tell them when am I going to tell them? How am I going to tell them? Like just so stressful. So if they, if they already saw it in my cover letter, then I feel like I'm off the hook. I can just be me. Uh, mm-hmm. I have to say though, even one time when I did disclose, when they called me for an interview, they were talking about the driving directions and the parking and stuff. And I'm like, did you not read the cover letter? <laughs> like, I don't drive anyway. So yeah, they don't, they don't always get it even then. And what is visually impaired, right? Like it's, it's sort of what word do you use too? I would probably yeah. say I have a visual impairment, not that I'm blind. Um, Cause that might scare them more, but yeah, actually I usually have, I've used that kind of phrasing as well, just because I don't, I mean, it's, it's awful. that you know because because we know I mean we work with blindness we are blind and it's like it's not a bad thing to us at all yeah but it is it is funny would you agree that it kind of just has like a harsh connotation I think it is yeah it's jarring people or scary (laughs) or (laughs) something yes yeah it freaks people out isn't it? It's funny how we like have to, how we kind of figure out ways to like rephrase things to make them a little bit hit mm-hmm. a little softer. Yeah. And even if people think you have like a bit of vision, they're more comfortable. Like, oh, do you see anything? Oh, yeah, I can see light. Oh, that's good. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, yeah. Oh, it's kind of funny. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I can see light, but I'm uh, effectively blind. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's not useful at all, but. <laughs> I can tell the lights on <laughs> sometimes. Uh, okay. So you show up to the job interview or actually, no, we're not even there yet. Let's talk about preparing for the job interview. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, you know, you can practice answering some questions that you think they're going to ask, but do you, um, do you practice the route to the place beforehand or do you just kind of hope you get there on the day? Um, I, in the past, have done a little bit of both. I've I've gotten, I've had rides given to me to interviews, which was right. really nice. Um, yeah. But also, like, sometimes, like, I remember going for a job interview, and I was given a ride by my mom, and, which was great. But then I, like, was going into the building, and I was like, oh, my God, like, I don't even know. Cause it was like a weird long hallway and like stairs and like it was in the like, basement of this really weird building like mm. it was kind of creepy um and i was like huh like i could i'm i feel like i might be bumbling along here and i don't know that that's gonna look great when i walk right. in and that's like that is my internal monologue like being like oh like is this gonna make me look like super yes. incapable you know incompetence so i do like to practice roots whenever i can because you look flawed like you look more put together and like you know you you walk in there and, and it's almost it almost to me demonstrates a further level of preparation mm-hmm. that's um, true yeah. yeah i was always i like i didn't want to ride because i didn't want anyone to see me getting dropped off and think that i needed to be chauffeured around but Oh man, I've done everything. I've tried to figure it out on the day. Not a good idea. Mm -hmm. So stressful. Like you have enough to worry about. You don't need to be worried about finding the building and back and forth and getting, being late or being so early because you thought you would get lost. Um, 
Yeah. But practicing it in advance also kind of stressed me out because I was like, what if somebody sees me and, you know, I'm very recognizable, but then what if they see you? Like, so what? You're trying, you care, you're making an effort. That's just me and my insecure young days. But uh, yeah, it's, it's a tough one. I've also done the Google maps thing and have somebody sighted look and be able to describe, okay, so after you cross that last street, you're going to turn left and you're going to walk across, there's three driveways and then it looks like a path in it's a building, you know, like giving me kind of the visual of what that looks like, um, which has also worked, but it's stressful. It is. And it, you know, you're just kind of in the, in the moment, you're already so thinking about all the questions. How are you going to feel the problem solving side of things? Like of mm-hmm. being like, yeah, my vision is not a problem. It's going to be, everything's going to be great. Yeah. You know? And then you're like, Oh my God, I'm going to, I'm going to get lost trying to find this place. Yeah. <laughs> I love being, knowing exactly where I'm going. Well, and, and it's also like, how much time do you want to put into a mobility lesson you know, like the learning of the route if you don't get the job. So there's kind of balancing that as well, but it does give you, if you do a practice run, it does kind of show you what your commute's going to be like, how long it's going to take, you know, how many crazy busy streets do you have to cross? How many transfers are you going to have? Like, because you might want to consider that in accepting the job, right? If it's exactly. And believe it or not, like, you know, it's, I mean, Sean and I know that it's like such a, it can be a very, like rejection filled process and it can be like you can be desperate for work um and it's like oh my gosh like will they accept me will like you know we are always thinking like oh we're are we good enough or you know we have to like you know figure out solutions for our our blindness stuff yeah but it's like you also in the interview you can also be interviewing them mm-hmm, totally is and this you, where you want to be yeah yeah like, do you want to be working for some like also sometimes in a bad interview or not a bad interview but like a an interview where I've you know been interviewed by somebody who's kind of like really skeptical and kind of negative about my blindness I'm like maybe they just showed me that I don't want to work for them mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> that's a really good good attitude good point yeah because like m- imagine they give you the job and then they're still being really weird and like you know kind of yeah negative about your blindness and it's like every day you're dealing with that it's like I don't know like yeah sometimes you have to take a job because you need to make money but how much do you how badly do you need it right yeah how about um what to wear for the job interview so obviously I I feel like we're always taught you know dress pants like a dress shirt or like Yes, but also I've been told, like, consider what the people there wear on a daily basis and then kind of just take it one step up from there. So Mm -hmm. if you're applying to work at a daycare, you don't necessarily show up in a suit, right? Mm -hmm. Like you want to be neat and tidy, but you don't want to look kind of ridiculous. Like you have no idea the kind, you know, if you're going to be on the floor with the kids in the job, then maybe you don't need to be quite so formal and um, but that's kind of tricky because how are you supposed to know how people work there? Depends mm. on the job, right? Sometimes it would be obvious, but how do you figure that out? Or do you just kind of have a standard interview outfit? I have always had a standard interview outfit. Um, like when I was doing interviews, I pretty much wore actually the same 
like you know d- nice outfit every time it was okay. like i i was and it wasn't too crazy it wasn't like a you know a, a formal yeah uh, you know totally uh corporate you know formal or whatever it was like i don't know i did wear dress pants and i did wear like a nice blouse mm-hmm. um but I, i'd say it was pretty like it was formal but maybe not too formal but like I guess I well I guess I've attended um interviews in jeans before like uh, for kitchen job right, <laughs> for right. My kitchen job. like I think I had attended that interview uh just in like jeans and like a nice shirt like a nice top yeah uh, because like in that job you're just wearing jeans and like a nondescript top and an apron right right so right. so then it's like um yeah, exactly. Like you said, take it a step up. So throw a nice blouse on it instead of just a, mm-hmm. you know, a boring shirt or whatever. Right. Yeah. yeah. And obviously, yeah, be clean and no. Yeah. Yeah. Like, do <laughs> your hair, like, you know, do yeah. your hair. I never, you know, bothered with makeup. Actually, one time I was reading this post that was talking about certain jobs, like expecting you to wear makeup. Oh, wow. Really? The interview. And I was like, oh, nope like I, yeah. I, that would be a disaster like um for me because I'm not yes. very good at doing makeup personally um and it's just it's just not like a thing that I do very regularly mm-hmm. and yep, so like can. having to do that add that to my like I know when it <laughs> when it's the most important times is when you're <laughs> supposed to put makeup on when you're already nervous you have all, all these other things to think about and then because you don't do it every day it's you're just more likely to mess it up and have mascara on your nose and yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, exactly. and if you have to leave the house without anybody seeing you, I've had that situation when I was uh, when I was single and applying for jobs and I'm like yeah, hope it's okay. I don't know yeah. if it is, but I'm going out in the world and <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly, just like the deep breath. All right, well, it is what it is now. Um, but in terms of knowing like what people are wearing in that job like mm-hmm. I don't know I can usually make a pretty good guess yeah um and uh, like you know it's uh I don't know I've never had too much trouble kind of discerning that like I know that in a kitchen you're, you're not going to be wearing a suit and like mm-hmm. in a in an office job you're not I mean <laughs> you're probably not gonna wear like sweatpants right you know yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. I guess I was wondering about if if sighted people check a website and look at photos of the company or, you know, to kind of get a sense of like, what do people wear there? Like, I think there are some maybe startup like tech companies where people probably are, are dressed really casual, maybe, mm. um, you know, there's, there's every, everything and then other places where everybody's formal. Like, so yeah, I don't know. I don't know if people do that, but. Well, I know like um, sometimes, like I'll see because I, I you know follow different groups on on Facebook and stuff like that and it's like I'll, I'll sometimes see like people like these girls in the girls group that I follow like posting like oh hey I have an interview here tomorrow what should I wear so it is it yeah. is something that not even even sighted people don't know but sometimes right. yeah that's um, good yeah yeah isn't that nice. <laughs> You struggle with shoes. I struggle with shoes, especially in Vancouver where it's always raining and you're taking transit and you're walking and like, I don't want to wear little, you know, pumps. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Cause I don't I'm going to 
sprain my ankle or whatever. <laughs> I, yeah, I, um, I kind of have, so whenever I buy shoes, like, it's funny to me because I have friends who have, you know, bright pink runners and bright yep. green high heels. And I'm like, and I, for me, like, I'm kind of more pra- practical in the sense that I want, when I buy a hundred dollar pair of shoes, I want them to go with a lot of outfits. Yeah, me too. Totally. <laughs> um, so also, like, you don't want to forget those are your green heels. Yeah, <laughs> that you just like rock up to like a formal gala. <laughs> yeah. Your bright green heels. Oh, that's awesome. They're that definitely meant for something else. <laughs> okay. Um, but anyway, yeah, no, I, so for me, usually I have like, a fancy pair of shoes that are black and usually I have a fancy pair of shoes that are like brown or something mm-hmm. and um so then I have to just figure out which one goes with the outfit and so sometimes I actually I this is so funny I, I did this just last night um except I was doing it with a necklace to see if it went with my outfit I like google does this color go with these colors okay <laughs> that's cool yeah, yeah, like so last night I was wearing a, a necklace with like a, a emerald like a pretend emerald on it, like a green jewel. Mm-hmm. And then I was wearing a mauve top. Right. Um and I was like, does mauve go with emerald? Right. Yeah. And does <laughs> yeah, it? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> oh my gosh. I wouldn't have even have thought well, no, I guess I would. I was gonna say I don't think I've even thought about matching my necklaces, but they're usually just silver or gold so yeah, i don't have that always a good, always yeah. a good. but i will match my like i will think about well my ring is gold so i should wear the gold necklace <laughs> which yeah, i don't yeah. know that i have to think that <laughs> i do that too though like <laughs> matchy matchy yeah okay let's talk about when we get to the interview let's say has this ever happened to you where the person is like you can tell that they are surprised that you are there with a white cane or a guide dog. Maybe that whole, I have a visual impairment, didn't really register. Have you had that experience? Yeah. Usually they're, I mean, mo- by and large, um, the interviews I've had, people are, the the person interviewing hasn't been too surprised. I think I, I managed to get it pretty clearly to them before I got there. But yeah, I think I remember one time, where the you know hiring person the manager or whatever uh was like just you could just tell she was flustered and she didn't really know like how to approach it like you know you get those people sometimes who are just like they don't want to use certain words they yeah <laughs> they don't want to use c they're apologizing for everything they're like grabbing you by the elbow like <laughs> and like steering you around and then, uh, yeah that sort of deal right yeah how about you uh yeah I I don't so I think back in in the days when I wasn't disclosing I was still trying to fake being sighted Hmm. um so it was more the can I get through this entire experience with her not knowing I'm blind (laughs) uh which is so stressful I do not recommend that (laughs) um but I have had the experience where I show up and 
and they're clearly don't know what to like. It's like they didn't think I was like full on white cane blind. So there's definitely that awkwardness. And yeah, same thing. Like not not sure how to speak to me, not sure how to walk with me. How do we get into the room? Are you going to be able to do that? Are you okay with stairs? Like all the things. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay, here's a question. Um, You're in the reception area. They come in and they want you to follow them into the room where you're going to do the interview. Do you take an arm or do you follow them? Um, I've done it in a few different ways in the, in the past. I have tried to just cane and just demonstrate to them my ability to be mobile with a cane. Yeah. Um, just because I'm like, I, you know, I, I don't want you to think I'm going to need your elbow. Yep, exactly. Workplace. <laughs> yes. Um, uh, I think I've, I've probably also asked for guiding, but I, yeah, usually I would just follow with my cane and like, I would do that with like my guide dog too. If, if I was doing an interview, like just, um, just, yeah, demonstrate. It is that balance, right. Of like, if I try to follow and I end up bumping into the back of them or bumping into something, is that going to look less competent than accepting the arm. It's such a hard one for me because I, I agree. I want to demonstrate that I'm independent and that I don't, you don't need to guide me all over the place, but of course I've never been here before. So I have no idea where we're going. And I think now I would probably take the arm because I, I have less vision than when I was job searching and I really can't see that person in front of me and I wouldn't want to trip them with my cane or bump into them or anything like that. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's you tough. Trip the hiring manager. <laughs> it's not a good way to start the interview. <laughs> oh man. That would be <laughs> definitely set some kind of parameter. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So we're in the in- interview now. We're having a conversation. Um, how are you, how are you handling your blindness in this situation, in the conversation, like there's probably going to be some tasks in the job that, you know, paperwork always comes up for me. How are you going to do paperwork? Um, so how do you tackle sort of acknowledging the elephant in the room? Um, so the first, like the way I operate in most of things, most things in my life is very humor based. I laugh a lot. I'm very like, that's how I make people feel comfortable with my circumstances. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, usually I, you know, I start off with like, so I don't know, I, I, in the past I've done some like kind of little anecdotes about whatever, like if they're asking me um, questions, then I'm kind of like trying to make it lighthearted, but basically I've had multiple, I've had different circumstances. So I've had the, the, interviewer asking very bluntly like how can you do this how are you going to do this i'm concerned about this this is what i'm concerned about or mm-hmm. i've also had the interviewer who like you can tell they're probably like how's this gonna work but they're doing all of the typical questions because they don't want to like offend or something mm-hmm. yeah um so when that happens i bring up the blindness at the end and i'm like in case you were wondering, like, this is how I intend to tackle these things. Yeah. Um, and this is how I've done it in the past. And like you said, like, kind of trying to find ways to make your blindness, like, into strengths. 
Um, so like, you know, I, I'm really good at problem solving quickly on my feet. Like, you know, I'm, I'm really mm-hmm. adaptable, like da, 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 those sort of things. Right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so, um, like I've, I've applied for, you know, lots of office things, like lots of like kind of computer based things. So in those circumstances, yeah, like paperwork is asked, like, a lot of these interviewers have just never ever had any experience with a blind person so they don't even get how system tech works at all you know they don't get much sometimes i even like i will even prepare a little kit of like list of stuff and i will bring it to the interview and show them yep um each thing like i'll be like here's my laptop that has screen reader software you know here's uh here's how my phone works uh, you know like mm-hmm. this is, uh this is my you know my cane it folds up like <laughs> <laughs> so you're doing a little blindness 101 in the yeah. interview <laughs> basically because then and then they, it kind of just shows them that i'm willing to like educate and like work through these problems but i've also applied for work where you know i i my part-time job is working at in a kitchen so that was crazy to me because it was like um more physical tasks which in my experience in the past has been that employers are like more skeptical that I can complete Mm -hmm. them successfully Mm -hmm. so then it's like I've had employers ask me like how do you use knives safely right like how do you like um you know, how is our labeling system going to work for you? Or like, how can you use, like, how, how are you around hot appliances? Um, how would you navigate like a really busy kitchen where people are holding giant trays and running to and fro? Mm-hmm. Um, and then it's like, you know, then I, then I explain, like, I cook for my family all the time. Like, this is not, this is not like an unusual thing. Like there's so many ways to adapt it. Right. Yeah, I imagine there'd be a lot of concerns in that situation. I, I feel like that's way more risky, maybe, or an employer is going to think it's may wor- way more risky than just like, can you fill out these forms <laughs> in this? Yeah, exactly. Because like filling, like explaining the assistive tech is makes sense, and there's not like a ton of liability. Like, mm-hmm. what's going to happen? Your computer is going to explode. Like, <laughs> yeah. Um, but like, you know the employers are worried that you're going to like burn yourself on the stove or something. And then that's mm-hmm. going to go back on them. But um, yeah. yeah, I think also an employer is maybe worried about the cost of all the equipment. So mm-hmm. um, I mean, I, I have, I've actually said I have my own computer with a screen reader. I can bring it to the job. I have done that. Yeah. You shouldn't necessarily have to do that, but I have done that or, you know, I have the technology that I need to access print materials. Um, If there are, you know, there is like assistive technology BC, there's programs that in, in British Columbia, at least I know there are programs in other parts of Canada as well. I don't know about the rest of the world to all of our other listeners, but, (laughs) Um, but yeah, generally there are some programs where you can access assistive tech for an employment situation so if you know about those you could also share those in the interview because i'm sure especially if it's a small business the employer's thinking like is it going to be really expensive for me to hire you definitely and i do think about that too um you know if it's like if it is a small business for sure like Mm -hmm. i do the same thing i bring all that i can to like make it seem more 
enticing and less like a like you know more benefits than costs mm-hmm. any other thoughts on the actual interview I know one time I had I had to do a test. I had applied to be an EA, which I'm not qualified to be. But see what I mean about just ignore the qualifications. <laughs> <laughs> and it was working with a student that was blind and they actually made me do a braille test in the interview, but my braille is not fantastic and I think they just like sat me down with the Perkins brailler and read something to me and I had to braille it and if you know me, you know that I'm always like, what is the GH contraction again? Or what is the whatever? Like, I know the main ones, but I don't know all of them. And so when I braille my own notes, I just make it like a jumble of some contractions, some not. And I know what it says. Yeah. <laughs> so um, I didn't get that job. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that's it. <laughs> I was not prepared for a test in the interview. That really threw me. <laughs> Yeah, well, shouldn't shouldn't they give you like a heads up about that sort of yeah, thing? Yeah, that would have been nice, but they did not. Yeah. I guess they thought because I was blind, I probably knew Braille and maybe I even said Braille on my resume because I do know Braille, but, you know, I, I would have studied up. I would have, yeah, yeah been better yeah. prepared had I known. <laughs> uh, do you do like a follow up thank you card or email afterwards? I, I do usually. Yeah, um, for you. Because I just want them to remember me and I want them to see that I have like, you know, it it just demonstrates another level of like follow through and um, graciousness. And even it it even demonstrates more about like your ability to compile emails. (laughs) Right. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. That is true. Um, Or, or conduct like a professional phone call or whatever you decide it's all everything like i don't know if i was an employer everything to me would be a would be a sign of what kind of employee this person was going to be good point i actually didn't get a job once because i didn't follow up and it was somebody i knew i had worked with him the summer before it was a job i had done before and he actually said why didn't you call and you know why didn't you do a a follow-up like check-in call or a thank you and I didn't know I had to do that. Like, I, I think I was overconfident. I'm like, well, I, I did this job last year. Like, I know I'm going <laughs> to, I know I can do the job. Like, and I know you, so you're going to hire me. Right. And uh, no, he did not. So yeah, I think it's an, I love that what you said about how it, it's another way to sort of show your skills. Like yeah, they can see like, the way you write or they can see the way you speak or the fact that you know, to follow up all those things. Totally. Like take every opportunity you can to show your strengths. Yeah. Yeah. That's my piece of wisdom to you, listener. Okay. Well, that's right on time because (laughs) my next question was going to be any advice (laughs) to blind folks who are listening, who are job searching, but you just gave it to them. (laughs) that, that That is totally my advice. It's like, don't spend tons of time thinking about like, we all feel insecure. You might not have all the qualifications for the job. You know, you might you might feel like, oh, my gosh, like overwhelmed by having to figure out how you can make your blindness into a strength. But really just throw all like if you can throw it out the window and just focus on why you rock (laughs) (laughs) and like go through like, you know, before the interview, go through 
their job description or whatever um, or the, the posting and just write down why you would be amazing at all of these things. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, it doesn't have to be groundbreaking. I think my advice would be don't give up. It can be so discouraging to go through all of this and it's a lot, right? The whole job search sort of process and then not get the job. And I've been through that so many times. And maybe you even think that you rocked that interview and it was really good and you're really excited about the position and then you don't get it. So discouraging. Um, I allowed myself a couple of days of wallowing after every rejection, (laughs) at least the weekend, (laughs) to feel sorry for myself. What was me? And then I just would always say to myself, well, if I give up, I'm definitely not going to find something. If I keep looking, I have a chance at finding something. And I mean, it was a long, long time at one point, at least a year of looking. And it is really discouraging, but if yeah. you give up, you, you're not going to get anywhere. So don't give up. Exactly. I, I would agree. Like it, it can absolutely feel like a ton. Like it's just, it's so, it's so hard, but I, I concur with Sean. And the other thing is if you don't get a certain thing, like it's probably sounds a little cheesy, but I, I do kind of believe it's true. Like there's, there's probably a reason that is doesn't even have to do with you that you didn't get the position. And maybe it's, because you're going to get something better mm-hmm. on the road. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. Good advice. Awesome. Well, thank you, Keisha, for joining me for this conversation and good luck to all you job searchers out there. <laughs> I hope you find your dream job. Uh, we're, we're with you. We're behind you. You're here. You've been listening to Limitless, the Blind Beginnings podcast. If you have a question, a comment, a future topic request, please send us an email to limitless at blindbeginnings.ca. Please share our podcast, like, subscribe, leave us a rating, and join us next time. This podcast has been brought to you by Blind Beginnings, an organization based in Vancouver, Canada, that supports children and youth who are blind or partially sighted along with their families. Music for this podcast is composed by Sean Bishop and Clement Chow. Production and audio editing by Rob Minot. For more information about Blind Beginnings and the work it does to support children and youth who are blind and partially sighted along with their families, visit us on the web at www.blindbeginnings.ca and also remember to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. We thank you for joining us and we look forward to seeing you next time.